Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's April 10th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 29. Here are today's news and notes. We have some really great news from USITT. Today, as promised, they published their latest schedule for next week's webinars. For the new at noon series, Monday, April 13th, you'll see Ultratech Special Effects will be presenting Eclipse. On Tuesday, April 14th, Martin by Harmon presents ERA 800 Performance. On Wednesday, April 15th, ACT Lighting presents MA Lighting Grand MA3, and Thursday, April 16th, a presentation by Tate. The Forum at 4 schedule is as follows. Monday, April 13th, Digital Media Workflow, Best Practices in Presentation and Paperwork. On Tuesday, April 14th, a double bill. First, Fire Safety and Your Drapes, Are You Prepared? Followed by Magic Q, MQ-70 Compact Console, and the new Color Picker Engine. On Wednesday, April 15th, Lessons Learned from Hurricane Harvey, the Alley Theater's Prop, Salvage, and Recovery Saga. And finally, closing out the week, again, another double bill, on Thursday, April 16th. Current Practices and Research in Sound, as well as QList, Reinventing Collaboration for Theater and Live Events. To see the complete schedule and learn more about each of these webinars, please go to usitt.org education training webinars. Again, all links will be available in the news and notes for this podcast. Also, another bit of news from USITT. Today, they shared a post from arts.gov. It says here, the application process is now live to procure funding for nonprofit arts organizations through the National Endowment for the Arts, which can be used for staff salary support, fees for artists, or contractual personnel and facilities costs. With the $75 million appropriated to the National Endowment for the Arts through the CARES Act, the Arts Endowment will award 40% of the funds directly to state and regional arts agencies by April 30th to distribute through their funding programs. 60% of the funds are designated for direct grants to nonprofit arts organizations all across the United States and will be announced by June 30th. This can be found at arts.gov. Also, for today's post from designers whose productions were canceled or postponed, USITT has brought to us the work of Clayton Dombach, who is a junior of Temple University's School of Theater, Film, and Media Arts, studying set design. Clayton was the set designer for the school's production of The Country Wife, which has since been postponed until August at the earliest. Of course, thank you, Clayton, for sending these wonderful designs in. Here's how Clayton described his design. My design for The Country Wife was based on designs and motifs of the Restoration Era, with a contemporary influence to make it feel relevant. I used the repetition of a lace design and detailed molding to highlight the historical motifs of the time period of the play. By manipulating the scale of the lace wallpaper pattern and creating continuous lines with the molding, I tried to make the period elements feel current and evolve. The set was unfortunately not complete before our school was closed, but there were many students, staff, and faculty who put a lot of work into the show before it had to be interrupted. 
If you'd like to check out the work that Clayton put in, please visit USITT's many social platforms. Well done, Clayton, and I bet everyone, and as long with you, are looking forward to seeing the show make it to the stage. Page two. This next bit of information comes from our friends at the New York Times. This article appeared in the Critics' Notebook, and it was written by Matt Wolfe. Closed theaters are nothing new. The good news is they reopen. London's playhouses have been shuttered before by plagues and war, for instance, but they have always returned as strong as ever. London. We live in unprecedented times, or so they tell us. The coronavirus lockdown, which began in Britain on March 23rd, has led to the cancellation of all theater performances through May 31st, at least. What happens after remains to be seen. But this is hardly the first time the city's playhouses have been closed. During Shakespeare's time, and then again during World War II, to name two examples, they shut their doors in response to different calamities. But they reopened in due course, affirming a heartening capacity for cultural rebirth that speaks ever more urgently to us today. The plagues of the Shakespearean age did not allow for the contemporary comforts of social media or Zoom, but an artist's need to create continued then as it is, surely is doing now. Shakespeare kept busy writing, retreating to the insular world of poetry and the comfort of home. His theater, The Globe, not subject to the health and safety requirements of the modern age, was a vector for contagion, not to mention inflammation. It burned down in 1613 and was rebuilt only to be shut three decades later by the Puritans, who represented an obstacle to performance of a sensuous rather than viral sort. That edict was eventually lifted in 1660 when the high spirits of the Restoration ushered in a new theatrical age. With the globe shut, Shakespeare made a virtue of necessity. King Lear is often cited as a post-plague milestone whose unsparing view of the world was surely rooted at least in part, in the uncertainty of the years when it was written. Adrift on the heath, its titled character decries, The times plague when madmen lead the blind. Centuries later, London theaters faced a more visibly brutal onslaught in the form of the Blitz. The Luftwaffe's bombing campaign began in 1940 and carried through to the following spring. The effect on the city's playhouse was immediate. While out of 22 West End theaters, Offering shows on the first night of the Blitz, only two were still open the following week, among them the legendary Windmill Theater. If you'd like to read the rest of this article, please visit the New York Times. Visit the Critics Notebook and look for an article by Matt Wolf. And now, a story from our friends at Playbill.com. Stage Directors and Choreographers Foundation to distribute over $300,000 to SDC members. This article was written by Dan Meyer. The nonprofit branch of the union will support those facing financial difficulties due to the COVID-19 health crisis. The Stage Directors and Choreogra Choreographers Foundation has created an emergency assistance fund of more than $300,000 to help its society members facing financial struggles due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The outbreak has caused theaters to shudder to prevent the virus from spreading further. More than 500 members lost work immediately as this crisis hit 
and countless others will face the impact in the months to come, said SDC President Ivan Yanolis. SDC is deeply grateful for this fund, which will provide immediate relief. The funds will be distributed through an appointed task force with a portion earmarked for NYC-based members. Among those who donated are Directors Mark Booney, Rachel Shavkin, Michael Grief, and Susan Stroman. Theater artists, like all professionals, are reeling right now, said Thomas Kale, who also contributed to the fund. Community is particularly important for those of us who can't practice our craft in isolation. For directors and choreographers, SDC has always been a place where collective strength matters. Those wishing to donate can find a link on this article. SDC is the theatrical union that represents over 4,000 professional stage directors and choreographers throughout the United States, protecting the rights, health, and livelihood of all its members. Again, this article can be found at playbill.com, written by Dan Meyer. Page 3. From our friends at Stage Directions, Join Shure's next webinar on how to improve your webinar audio. Shure is holding its next webinar, How to Improve Your Webinar Audio, that will be held on Wednesday, April 15th at 11 a.m. Central Daylight Time. With the sudden shift to online learning, the demand for webinars and e-learning content has risen dramatically. In order for participants to get the most benefit out of these learning opportunities, clear, intelligible sound is critical. And what better way to learn how to improve your webinar audio than by joining a webinar hosted by a leader in professional audio? Sure presenters Gino Sigismondi and Chris Lyons have been leading educational webinars for more than 10 years and will share the tips and tricks they learned after hosting dozens of Sure webinars. As you may expect, the right microphone in the right spot is the most critical element in capturing high quality audio. They'll also discuss various options for connecting professional microphones to your computer to achieve optimal results. Of course, for further information, please visit Shure's website at www.shure.com. The date and time? Wednesday, April 15th, 11 a.m. You can also register through the Stage Directions website. Another interesting piece of information that has come along my way Friend Benji Bouguet sent a post about the Sergei Parajanov Museum in Yerevan, Armenia. Now, I have had never heard of this person, nor was I aware that there was this museum in Armenia. So I wanted to share this interesting bit of tidbit with you. This museum is a tribute to Soviet Armenian director and artist Sergei Parajanov. It represents Parajanov's diverse artistic and literary heritage. The museum was founded in 1988 when Parajanov moved to Yerevan. Parajanov himself chose the place and construction project of the museum. Due to the 1988 Armenian earthquake and socioeconomic problems, the museum was opened only in June 1991, one year after Parajanov's death. The museum is one of the cultural centers of Yerevan, known for its exhibitions, publications, and honorary receptions. Comprising some 1,400 exhibits, the museum's collection includes installations, collages, assemblages, drawings, dolls, and hats. The museum also showcases unpublished screenplays, librettos, 
and various artworks that Parajanov created while in prison. Among the other exponents of museum are two recreated memorial rooms, original posters, festival prizes, signed letters by Federico Fellini, Lilia Brick, Andrei Tarkovsky, Mikhail Vartanov, and Yuri Nikulin, gifts by famous visitors Tonino Guerrera, Vladimir Putin, and Roman Balian, who is the author of A Night at Paragdignov's Museum Film. Of course, the easiest way to visit this without actually traveling is to go to YouTube. There, a comprehensive walk around of the museum is available. This YouTube video is provided by Taki's Travels, and of course, a link will be provided for you to visit. One of the other great things about this video is that it is closed captioned in English, so you don't necessarily have to know Armenian or Russian to be able to watch. Another great piece of information that came along my way was a website called the Hisauer Museum. And here is how they describe themselves. We love art, history, and culture. Hi, so you are. Welcome to HiSauer.com. HiSauer is a nonprofit platform which provides artwork appreciation online totally free. We are the leading online resource for the international art, an online platform that connects galleries and collections from around the world our goal of bringing transparency to the art world. Enjoy every time having the art you love, giving you easy access to incredible arch, art images. Hisauer brings you the world's largest art collection each and every day. You never know what you'll discover. We will always find new ways for people to connect with the art they love. In the tour and exhibition category, you can visit public museums from around the global online with the technology of Google Earth. In the story and collection category, you can explore more historical background of culture, humanities, and arts. Of course, their vision is to bring art to life by making people think, feel, and be inspired, creating unforgettable art experiences for all while inspiring positive change locally. Their mission, to create experiences that inspire, captivate, surprise, and enhance everyone's lives. Their site's content is available in 12 languages. In order to avoid the confusion caused by translation twice and achieve the best translation effect, please select English in the Our Language menu, then choose your language in Translate plugin. Of course, there's much, much more information that's available on their website at hisour.com. Again, that's hisour.com. Give it a check and see what you might find at hisour.com. As I finish today's podcast, I want to leave you with this quote from Christopher Reeve. He said, when we have hope, we discover powers within ourselves we may have never known. The power to make sacrifices, to endure, to heal, and to love. Once we choose hope, Everything is possible. My name is Richard Bryant, and I have been your host. It's April 10th, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles, Day 29. Thank you, be well, and good night.
you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.